Isaiah Stewart signs a four-year contract extension with the Detroit Pistons. Was this the right move by Troy Weaver and the Pistons front office? We're going to talk about that in today's episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter, at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen. With every single day, we are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel, at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button, or leave us a five-star review. On whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on, there's another great way to support the podcast. Um, later on, we'll talk about Asar Thompson commenting on he wants to be an all-time great. He wants to bring championships to Detroit. We're going to talk about how he's played in Summer League and whether how just how great can Asar Thompson get. So we'll talk about all that. And then also Jalen Duran and how he's impressed me in Summer League as well. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on. But obviously the, the first news we'll be covering is the news of Isaiah Stewart's contract extension. But before we even get to that, I got to let you guys know, if any of you have not watched last episode, I recorded with Kay Cunningham's brother, Cannon Cunningham, who's a former four-year college basketball player himself, obviously his brother, very close with Cade. And we had a absolutely, bl- uh, just, I just had a blast recording with him, interviewing him. He came to the house, he recorded right here next to me. It was the first in-person interview we've done. I see a bunch of people are loving it. I, I appreciate all the love you guys are showing it. So if you guys, if anyone listening has not already tuned into that episode, Definitely go check it out. It was an absolute blast. I loved it. By far the best episode I feel like I've recorded. It was. It's. I had a ton of fun doing it, and I appreciate Cannon for real for coming out to the house and recording with me. So, um, what? Oh, I, I thought I heard some. As I'm talking just now, I heard something going on in the hallway. I'm like, what the hell is that? But my wife's in the other room blasting whatever shows she's watching. So, um, my fault with that. Anyways. Yeah, check out the last episode. Um, All right, so Stu has signed a four-year extension with the Detroit Pistons. I believe he is the first rookie um, because it sounds like apparently Andre Drummond's didn't necessarily count because it was like a max contract. I don't know know why Andre Drummond's apparently doesn't count, but Woj tweeted out that he's the first player to get a rookie extension of Tom Gores' era. Um, I don't know why exactly... The, what the whole thing is with Drummond not working out. But either way, Stu gets a contract extension. He's the first guy in the Weaver era, at for sure, to get a rookie extension. The only guy from the 2020 class that the Pistons drafted that will be getting a contract extension. And it's a four-year contract for $64 million. There's a team option on the fourth year. And really, it's $15 million a year with incentives that can raise it up to $16 million a year. So... Should, is this a good deal for the Detroit Pistons? Should they have signed Stu to this contract extension? Is he worth this money? Yada, yada, yada. What are my thoughts on this on this contract? So, my thoughts are on this contract is that this is by, this all this contract is, is they're betting on Stu's development, some of the development that they saw last year, to take a legit jump this year, and at some point during his contract, for him to take a legit jump and be a, a legit NBA player. Uh, of my, my opinion as of right now is that the Pistons, I don't know how many Pistons players 
are actual NBA basketball players that would play legit NBA minutes on other teams. They won 17 games. These guys are young. I don't think any of them, I don't know how many of them, maybe Cade, maybe Ivy, maybe Duran, like, but I don't know if any of them are actually good NBA players across the league, not just for their age or their year in the league, whatever, but actual good NBA players that play impactful minutes on contenders, playoff minutes. I don't think, I don't know how many of them are. So I don't think Stu, as of right now, is, is, a good ba- is a good NBA basketball player. However, that's not why they paid him. They paid him this contract because they believe he will be one, and they're buying his development. Do I agree with that way of thinking? I personally do not. He's a restricted free agent after this season. If you didn't sign him to this, you have his rights. You don't ever lose restricted free agents unless you just don't want the restricted free agent. Usually, almost all the time, if you want your restricted free agent, you're going to get the restricted free agent back. You're not going to lose your restricted free agent. So what I would have done, since the improvements that Stu did last, or had last year was such a small sample of him playing that or, or shooting that, well, we had like, what, what was it, 25, 26 games of him shooting really well, and then he had the shoulder injury, and the next 25 games didn't play very well. So since we have such a small sample size of him shooting the ball okay and being a fine player, I would have just rolled out this season, let him play through this year, and if he plays really well and he's deserving of $16 million into restricted free agency, then I'd pay him $16 million in restricted free agency then. I'd give him a contract then. Now, the argument that people will be saying back to me is, well, Coop, if you would have let it go to restricted free agency, maybe you're not paying $16 million for him. Maybe you're paying $20 million for him because maybe he overperforms the $16 million contract. My then counter to that would be, I have no problem paying players what they're actually worth. So if Stu would have came out this year and balled out and played like a player worthy of $20 million, I don't ca- I wouldn't have any issues with paying him then $20 million. I would rather pay a player what he's worth than pay him more than what he actually is and hope he grows into it. Like that that's my whole that's my whole ideology. You can disagree with that, but that's how I feel about it. I would have been more comfortable paying Stu $20 million next offseason if he was actually worth $20 million. Then pay then go in a rush, I feel like. I feel like the Pistons were in a rush. They went in a rush, gave him that extension now, and if he doesn't take the jumps that they expect him to, and he doesn't become like a legit NBA player, if his shot doesn't come around, if he doesn't become a better finisher around the rim, if the connective stuff doesn't improve, if the playmaking stuff doesn't improve, like if none of that stuff improves, now you basically just paid him that money, and he doesn't grow into it. Now you've overpaid him. Now, does the contract is the contract going to handicap the Pistons ever? No, it's not going to handicap the Pistons. I believe I read something earlier that eventually, when the new um, TV deal kicks in, it's going to be less than ten percent of the cap. So it's not like it's going to be crippling where the Pistons can't make any other deals. But I don't feel like that. At least for me, I don't believe that's how you should be looking at every contract. Just because the contract isn't going to just cripple your salary cap doesn't mean you, you just overpay or whatever. And again, this is, I'm going to sound like that I'm hating on Stu. It's not about hating on Stu. It's not even about Stu the player at all. It's just my thought process when it comes to handling your restricted free agents. I w- especially ones that haven't proven to be legit players yet. It's not, I'm not saying Stu's proven to be a bad player, but he hasn't proven yet to be a legit good player yet. So with players like that, I would have just rode in this, into this season with his rights, if he played well and he deserved the contract, I have no problems giving him the contract restricted free agency. If he played better than the $16 million, 
Yeah, you would have had to pay an extra couple million dollars for him, but at least you know that he's worth that money. I would have been perfectly fine paying him that money if it was more than $16 million and he earned it. So that's where I stand with it. Again, it's not going to cripple anything. I'm happy for Stu that he got the bag. Um, a guy who was drafted outside the lottery, guys thought Weaver reached on him. No one, I, I, it doesn't sound like a lot of people outside of Detroit believed in Stu when they drafted him. So all that stuff, he's an incredibly hard worker. Obviously, the fans love him. I'm probably getting hate comments in the in the, the comment section right now simply because I'm not worshiping the floor that he walks on. Um, so he is a fan favorite. I'm happy for him getting his money. I, I don't have a problem with players getting paid. So from a player side, extremely happy for Stu. From a management side, I would have waited, but at the end of the day, it's not going to kill you. You did probably overpay on him. Some, I feel like you definitely overpaid on him. But, again, it's not going to kill you, so I guess it's not that big of a deal. You just, I guess, you, you just hope now that he actually does make the improvements. You have to bet on those improvements. If those improvements don't happen, now you're looking back at the deal, and you're probably like, yeah, probably shouldn't have gave him that contract then if he doesn't improve. If he does improve and he maybe reaches the ceiling that a lot of fans seem to think he has, maybe you're looking back at this contract and saying it's a bargain contract. So it's just one of those wait-and-see wait and see contracts. We got to wait and see if, if Stu develops and actually takes these strides that the front office and a lot of fans seems he can take. I'm interested to see if it happens. I think he's definitely going to be the Pistons starting four now this upcoming season. Um, and not only with him being the starting four, is he banking or, or is the front office banking on his development coming through, obviously, the warrant to contract. If he's starting at the four, they're also betting on banking on him being able to shoot to help the guards too. So, there's a lot of things that are riding on Stu's ability to shoot three ball and be a legit player on offense at the forward position. It's a little too much for me. If you, if you want me to be honest, I don't know if you should be banking that much because if Stu can't shoot threes this next season and he's the starter at the four and you didn't go out and get a starting four, Cage about to be dealing with just as bad spacing as he dealt with last season. And I don't want that. So hoping Stu develops, happy for him, hoping he develops. Hope he becomes a good shooter. Hopefully he connects all the other things that he was developing on this past season. Hopefully all of it comes together and we're looking back in a few years that there was a bargain contract. I would have waited and just played it a little bit more safe, but whatever. It's not, it's not going to kill the team, I guess. So it's not, it's not too big of a deal is what it is. What do you guys feel about the Isaiah Stewart contract? You guys would have waited. Would you guys agree with giving it to him now? Do you guys think he's worth it right now? Let me know all your guys' thoughts on the Stu contract extension in the comment section down below, or over on Twitter, at Kukli Hill. When we come back, Asar Thompson says he wants to be an all-time great. He says he wants to bring the Pistons championships in the future. How, how impressive has he been in Summer League, and how great do we actually think he can be in the future in the NBA? We'll talk about that when we come back. But first, I've got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, Bird Dogs. What You guys want to know about some shorts that are just the best Shorts out there, the shorts that will make you feel the most comfy, will have you looking absolutely amazing, it's Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg and give you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way, way better. They fit way better than the regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fix the issue by inventing cloud-knit fabric that looks just like khakis, but stretches so you can get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice all the movement. It feels great, you feel comfortable, and you look great. Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat, stink sweat, 
wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on NBA or enter promo code locked on NBA for a free Yeti style tumbler. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NBA or use promo code locked on NBA for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you again, you can go to birddogs.com slash locked on NBA or enter promo code locked on NBA at checkout for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order at bird dogs. So I want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. I hope you guys, like, I, I hope the Stew, the Stew fans haven't just burnt down my entire comment section and the podcast reviews, reviews and my Twitter DMs and my Twitter mentions before this second segment started. Like, I don't even think I, I don't think I was too hateful of Stu in that segment. I thought I brought up some fair points while being incredibly complimentary to Stu and hoping for the best and being happy for him getting, getting paid and getting a bag. I think you can do that while also bringing up fair concerns with Stu. Believe it or not, Stu fans, Stu is not perfect. Stu is not a great player. He hasn't been a good player yet. He can become one. He's a good defender. He's a versatile defender. But he struggles on things offensively. He needs to actually improve those things to become one. And pointing out that he's not good at things does not mean he's always going to be trash or that you hate Stu. It just means that you don't worship the the ground that he walks on. I don't think that should be a crime. Yes, you guys got a little bit of a rant right there because I've been I, I've been just losing it the last few days. Like I've I've been just getting angry talk, talking about this the last day and a half. Because in the, if you if you say anything bad about Stu, if you don't just absolutely worship him, you get the mob comes after you. Like I, I said something bad, bad about Stu, I guess, by saying I don't know if he's worth this contract right now and I would have waited. I said that and I immediately had to go lock that back window right there. I had to go lock the front door, lock my bedroom window because they were trying to come for me instantly. I had them coming from the hundreds. It's crazy. I'm, I'm about to start comparing Stu stands to Kai Soto fans. If you guys know, you know. Um. Anyways. Let me end that rant there. Asari Thompson, he says, he says he wants to be great. He wants to be an all-time great. He says he wants to bring championships to the Pistons. Is any of that realistic? Well, first, I want to kind of talk about what I've seen from him in Summer League. And if you guys follow me on Twitter, you guys will see I did a film breakdown. I believe it was about a three-and-a-half-minute film breakdown of one play he did or he had in Summer League. It was a pass. It was an assist. But it was a play that really stuck out to me. Again, it's probably not going to – that play I broke down, it's not going to be on this highlight reel. It's not a step-back three. It's not breaking someone's ankles. It's not 360 dunk, posterizing someone. It's nothing like that. But something that you've seen from Asar on multiple occasions in the Summer League already, especially in transition, fast break, semi-transition, his feel for the game is already – it's very apparent. His playmaking ability, very apparent at his size and athleticism – is apparent right there with his size, combine all of that together. But it's not just that. It's his anticipation and his ability to, not, to his ability to read a defense, but not just to read a defense, but to anticipate defenses as well. You combine all those things into a guy with his athleticism and his size, you get some special, special, special stuff. And you've, you're seeing some of that in Summer League. Now, I know he had a few jump shots that didn't look very good. 
That's the part that he has to improve on. Um, I personally didn't get to see the the first jump shot he took because I wasn't home. I had I thought I had the game recording, so I didn't get to see his first jump shot he missed. But I did see the other ones. It wasn't pretty. Uh, it was some bad misses. But he has the chance, and J.J. Reddick said this on his podcast, I believe two days ago, that if Asar Thompson becomes just an average three-point shooter, he's going to be a monster. He's, he, he's going to be a monster. A dude, dudes with that type of athleticism. And in the summer league, it's not just offensively, it's not just his playmaking. His defense, he's stuffing the stat sheet. Blocks, passing lane steals, locking dudes down on the ball. Jabari Smith was torturing the Detroit Pistons. He was torturing James Wiseman, torturing Jalen Duran, torturing Jane Ivey for some reason. He was guarding them, torturing those guys. One time, Asar Thompson gets on him, clamps him up, and just rips the ball away from him on the drive to the basket. This dude has two legit two-way stardom in his future. Not only on-ball defensively, but weak side rim protection rotations, can make plays off-ball, impactful plays off-ball defensively. Great playmaker. I think he's going to be a great playmaker in the future. I wouldn't say he's a great playmaker now, but I think he's going to become a great playmaker. Special player and athlete in transition and in fast breaks. Special feel. Knows how to play the right way. Plays unselfish. Wants to just win. Isn't trying to force things. Great off-ball player, great off-ball field, great cutter. Alley-oops, I think he's going to be, once they realize that he can, how crazy his catch radius is, I think you're going to see alley-oops go way up for the Detroit Pistons and for Asar Thompson. I think you already started to see it a little bit in the second game. They weren't throwing any to him in the first game. In the second game, Ivy actually threw him one. Um, All that to say, do I think Asar Thompson has a chance to be an all-time great? What's an all-time great? Like, are you saying like a top 75 player? That's pretty crazy to say. Um, his ceiling, because of his athleticism, if he were to become a good shooter as well with all the other things he does, I mean, there's probably like, what, a 1% chance, like a less than 5% chance. And probably even if, like the best players in the draft and stuff, there's probably like at most like a 15% chance to be like a top 75 player ever. So I'm not going to come out here and try to put those kind of crazy expectations on him. That's wild. I'm glad he feels that way. I'm glad he's that confident. I'm glad he feels that way by himself. I'm glad he wants to bring the city a championship. I'm glad he feels that way. And to me, when he says those kind of things, it lets me know that I don't think he views himself. And I actually, I know he doesn't view himself as a second guy, a third guy, a fourth guy, a guy who's just going to be along for the ride. No, he wants to be a guy that leads it. Now, whether he actually is one, we'll see what happens in his career. But he's not... It doesn't seem like from his answers and the things you watch from him in OTE, his interviews, how he talks about himself, he does not view himself as a guy who's just going to be in the NBA, as a sidekick, as a guy, just a little role player who's just on, along for the ride. No, he wants to be the guy driving the ship. He wants to be one of the dudes driving the ship and then one of the main reasons why you're winning. He thinks he can get there. And look, man, I think he's going to be a special player. Do I think he's going to be that great? It's very unlikely that any of these players get that great, but I'm not going to rule it out for him. I'm not going to rule it out for any guys that want, you know, that have that type of 95th to 99th percentile type of athleticism with his level of feel, two-way impact, passing ability, all that. If he gets to be, if he gets to become an average to above average three-point shooter, I JJ Reddick's right. He'll be a monster. Not going to come on here and say all-time great. I'm glad he feels that way, but I'll simply back up what JJ Reddick said. And say, yes, he would be a monster. Um, Look, I know in Summer League so far, he hasn't gotten the ball a lot. 
They haven't let him do a lot on ball, which is something I, you guys know I said on the podcast I wanted to do, wanted them to do a lot of, and they haven't done it a lot. So I'm not happy with that. I, that's something I wanted to see. But despite that, you're getting to see what makes him special off ball. You're getting to see his playmaking and transition. It seems like anytime he touches the ball in transition, you're getting like one of those Magic Johnson type plays. What did Magic Johnson say in that interview? He-he, like that thing right there. That is legit like what you're getting from Asar Thompson every time in transition. I'm not joking. I know that's a – like I, you guys got to rate me how I did with that because that whole meme with Magic Johnson, everyone was doing that whole thing. How did I do with that? I think I did like about a seven and a half. But for real, every time Asar Thompson gets the ball in transition or fast break, he's doing some crazy like pass that's just like wild. So I, I, I love Asar, man. I think everyone's starting to see why I loved Asar and why I wanted the Pistons to get Asar. I hope we see him get the ball more in his hands throughout the rest of the summer league. Um, and I think his future is incredibly bright. Incredibly bright. And again, if he were to get, if his jump shot, if I buy his jump shot developing, if it actually does develop, whew, the Pistons are going to have some scary dudes. It, he, Asar will be a scary dude to mess with. Him and his brother. But Asar will be a scary dude to mess with. I, I, I love what I'm seeing from Asar. I just hope they give him the ball more in Summer League so you can get, see some more on-ball reps from him. But is what it is. Um, let me know what you guys think. But what you've seen from Asar, and do you think it's crazy for him to be saying he wants to be an all-time great? Let me know what you guys think in the comment section down below or over on Twitter, at Kuka Hill. When we come back, I want to talk about what Duran's doing in Summer League that's been impressing me. And spoiler alert, it's not... His three point, the fact he made a three point shot, or is some of the pull up middies. It's neither one of those things. You'll see what it is when we come back. But first, I got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, BetterHelp. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com and get on your way to being your best self. Sometimes in life, we're faced with tough choices. And the path forward isn't always clear. That happens to all of us. It's happened to me. It's happened to everybody. You don't know all the answers to life, and everyone needs some help along the way. There's nothing wrong with needing some help. Whether you're dealing with decisions around career, relationships, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life. So you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it can get. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get started and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. You get a therapist, you don't feel like you guys are hitting it off right, you want to get a different one, it's not a big deal. Just like that, with BetterHelp, you can switch therapists for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnNBA. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. For those of you guys who are still listening, made it this far, 
I'm not stupid. I know how I know how it works. Starts to go down a little bit as you get further and further into the podcast. But that's why I appreciate you everyday listeners that tune in all the way throughout the podcast. You guys are the real ones out there, for real, for real. Um, for those of you guys who are listening still, what were your favorite parts of the last episode with Cannon, Cade's brother? What was your favorite parts of the episode? What was the favorite things you've heard from Cannon? Maybe I said something. I know you guys don't like me that much. I don't say too many smart things. But from Cannon, is there anything fun from Cannon that you liked? What was your guys' favorite part of the interview? I want to hear from you guys in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. So, Jalen Duran. My what's impressing me most about Jalen Duran, and again, it's probably going to shock you guys. It's not the fact that he hit a step back corner three in the first game. Um, it's not the fact that we've seen him hit a few midi jumpers, a few midi pull ups, handling and 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 walking into a what was it like just barely above the free throw line pull up jump shot. That's not what's impressing me. Um, because I don't think that's something he's going to actually be doing in the NBA. Um. It's not something I, de- I believe he's going to be doing in the regular season. It's not something they're going to be asking him to do, nor should they really. Um, and after you hit a few of those jump shots, you saw the next few possessions. And there's been times, even after that game, the second game, where it, Cannon said this in the last episode, got a little too cute. Um, started to get a little too big for his britches now, okay? So, <laughs> um, point is, I don't think that's something that he's actually going to be doing in the regular season. Now, maybe in the future, when he's like 23 years old, like a few years down the line, if he keeps developing it, sure, I could see it coming then, but I don't expect that to be something that's in his game this upcoming season. But what I do, what I do think could be in his game this upcoming season that he's doing in Summer League that's incredibly impressive, incredibly impressive, is handling transition and pushing the ball in transition. Getting a defensive rebound, and pushing the break. And not just pushing the break, but making passes off the live dribble to guys ahead of him through traffic for easy layups or easy attempts. There was a play in the first game of Summer League. Jalen Duran gets a defensive rebound. He starts taking the pushing the break himself. Asar Thompson takes off once he sees that Jalen Duran wants to do it. Asar Thompson gets in front of guys. There's a Houston Rockets defender trailing him, and there's a Houston Rockets defender in front of Jalen Duran. Jalen Duran, off a live dribble, just past half court with his right hand, throws a bounce pass, again, off the live dribble at his size, pushing the break, bounce pass through traffic, hits Asar Thompson, and leading, leading ahead of everybody in the break. And then Asar Thompson obviously does another one, Magic Johnson, and throws a little behind-the-back pass. To James Wiseman, James Wiseman finishes with the dunk. But what I'm seeing from Duran is that he's doing that a lot. He's grabbing defensive rebounds and then leading the break. So do I think he's going to be getting defensive rebounds all the time and leading the break all the time? No, I don't think he'll be doing it all the time. Do we think? Do I think he'll? You'll see it every now and then. Yes. But what that's saying to me, I see that translating to half court reps, not so much like again. I could see him do some of it in the regular season off of defensive rebounds, but that's not where I'm thinking about it with. I'm saying, okay, if he's able to be making reads off a live dribble, off a defensive rebound, and throwing passes ahead on point and making those reads and seeing guys open, he definitely should be able to handle some reps at the high post, run some offense through him, throw some backdoor passes, run dribble handoffs. You could even run some crazy 
super creative stuff with him as the ball handler where he's creating advantages for others and trying to make the right reads. If he's able to do that off a defensive rebound, pushing the ball, not only is he worrying about handling the ball and not losing it, he has to make the right pass, perfect pass, all that kind of stuff. If he's able to do that with everything running fast and transition, well, I, I think he should be able to do it in a slowed-down half-court possession. And that's part of what we saw a glimpse of it his rookie season during the NBA season. And we're seeing it start to, like, branch out. Like, all these skills, like, this is how I like to d- describe it. And you guys have heard me describe it before on the podcast. I, I hate to bring this up because you, I, I don't want to bring this player up, but this it's the only other time I've brought this kind of thing up. When I, use, when I talk about Killian Hayes pull-up twos, I say that's like the core, like pull-up shooting, and then you branch out from that. You use that core skill, and you branch out from that. So that's why someone like myself believes, okay, if he can hit pull-up long twos, he's hitting pull-up twos at a good rate, well, you can branch that out to three-point pull-up shooting. Same thing. It's the same idea exactly with Duran. The core skill here is being able to make reads and make the right pass at his position. And now he's branching that skill out. You're seeing it start to take effect, again, in transition, off live, off live uh, dribble after a defensive rebound. You saw some of it branch out this past season in the few times he did run some high post reps when they try to do some DHLs or they try to run some backdoor stuff with him at the, at the high post. You saw some of it when they ran Duran and Wiseman. Um, I forget what game it was, but it was one of the games at the end of the season where they throw it to Wiseman at the high post, Wiseman backdoors, and then Duran throws a lob over the top. You're seeing that core skill of his playmaking and his ability to read a defense and make quick decisions like that. You're seeing that skill, that core skill, get branched out and see him develop it. A lot of these guys, I guess it's the best way to, to describe it, is like a raw skill. That's a raw skill of his, and a lot of guys will stay raw with stuff, and they don't develop, and they can't get better, and they're not actually good at it. Duran has a raw skill of that, and you've already seen it throughout his rookie season, and you're seeing it in summer league. He's sharpening it, he's developing it, and you're seeing it grow and grow to different avenues with just that core skill. So that's what's in, in, encouraging to me, what's been impressing me a lot from Jalen Duran in Summer League. Now, obviously, in a few years, if he ends up shooting threes, that would be super dope. Um, if he's out here being able to shoot the ball consistently, that would be crazy. We're talking about one of the best bigs in the NBA then. Like, that, that's, that, would, be, that would be crazy. But as of right now, looking ahead to next season, that's what's impressing me the most from him in Summer League. And I'm assuming he's done now. I don't think he'll play another game, but if he does, I'm really looking forward to seeing even more of this and see how more how much more creative Jared Jack in the summer league can get with using Duran's playmaking. I hope I really want to see Duran connect with Asar Thompson for a lob. I'm not gonna lie to you. That's that's what I want to see. But anyways, let me know what's impressing you guys the most about Jalen Duran in Summer League. Is it the jump shooting? The fact that he had a step back corner three? Is it the fact that he had a pull up midi? What is it? What's impressing you the most about Jalen Duran? Let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Hill. That's all I've got for you guys today. Thank you guys for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. And until next time, I'll see you guys later. Go Pistons because they are in the Summer League. So go Pistons, win some games. Until next time, peace out.